Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of You Gotta Love Sport Podcast. I'm Ryan Moffitt alongside Mark Himmelsbach. What's up, guys? We got a great, great third episode for you guys today. Um, today, we're going to be talking about some of the new rule proposals that uh, the NFL has been talking about over the past couple of weeks. Um, we're also going to get into our power rankings. We're going to go top 10 today. Um, we'll also talk about some of the teams that just missed the cut. So looking forward to this. Guys, let's get right into it. Um, so there's been, uh, looking at some of the new rule proposals, there's been like four or five that have been um, mainly talked about uh, that the owners are going to vote on soon here. And, and thinking about the official rule on, on rules being uh, approved, um, 75% of the owners have to approve the, the rule for it to be adopted, um, which is 24 out of the 32 owners in the league. Um, so a couple of, we'll go over a couple of them today and discuss some of them and how we think they'd change the league and if we'd support them or not. Um, so first of all, I think the one being talked about the most is the fourth and 15 rule. So and they're thinking about taking out onside kicks, um, replacing with the fourth and 15 uh, from your own 25 yard line. Um, they're also taking out the, they're proposing to take out the delay game uh, rule where we saw the Titans do it in against Patriots that keeps the clock running. Um, which is kind of, I think Belichick kind of was the one that started it. Um, they're also thinking about expanding automatic reviews, uh, kind of include plays that uh, are negated by penalties. And then also a couple of technology additions. They're thinking about adding a booth umpire or like a replay official, I think, which I think the XFL might've done that here in the spring um, to kind of help the officials on the field. Then also like a technology advisor um, to aid with reviews and stuff um, to just have another set of eyes to help people out. Um, so I think let's start with the fourth and 15 rule. Um, this has definitely been the most talked about of the proposals over the last couple of weeks. Um, what are your initial thoughts on this? Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting for sure. Um, I don't know if I, I completely agree with it, but I, I get why this rule is, is being proposed um, in 2018 once I think it was 2018 when they changed the onside kick rule to where the players can no longer be moving. Um, mm -hmm. And the, um, the rate of onside kicks went, went down like a lot. So, mm -hmm. so in 2018, only 8% of all onside kicks were converted. And last year, midway through the season that that rate was going down um until there were like two two or three in the same same game i think it was two so that yeah. kind of skewed the numbers but onside kicks were down a lot and um so that's like the reason behind this and i think it's interesting you know fourth and 15 um but on your own 25 like you said so if you don't get it i mean the game's probably gonna be over anyways if you don't get an onside yeah. kick depending on the situation but the team's already going to be in field, field goal range. So I think, mm -hmm. I, don't know, I, I don't like it completely, but I understand it. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Uh, I think it's grown on me a little bit. I think originally I thought no way, you know, fourth and 15 is kind of, you know, it's not, it's, it's definitely not as difficult to complete that as an onside kick. I mean, I saw, I think Colin Coward was talking on Friday. He said, uh, onside kicks were, like you said, around 8%, and 4th and 15s were um, successful, like 30%. Wow. So that's a substantial increase um, that could just change the change the game entirely. Um, I know I saw Andy Reid, who 
has probably the best quarterback in the league said he he's not a fan of it and just for the integrity of the game but he realizes that he has a quarterback that can that be able to you know succeed on on those attempts um so i mean i think i think like you said though the field position part of it like if you fail an onside kick you're getting the ball uh the other team's probably getting the ball like midfield um you still kind of have a chance if you have timeouts but if you fail this you know you're they're in field goal range the game's over um so i but i think i mean fourth and 15 is no is no uh it's no joke i think a lot of teams it, I think it'd make it interesting because I'm sure a lot of teams would game plan, you know, and have several plays just for that kind of game. And also Colin Cowden on Friday was saying he was a fan of it because he, he felt that, you know, then in the NFL with all these great players, the game should be decided by those great players and not like a couple of special team aces. Um, and he also mentioned how we could have had an Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady Super Bowl if, if the Seahawks wouldn't have gotten that onside kick, I think 2014. So there's definitely good arguments for both sides. I personally wouldn't want to see it just because I think it just it's too it's but just because that percentage increase it's it's just it's too too it's it's easier to do than the onside kick. I think quarterbacks like Mahomes and Rodgers and people like that could could easily succeed on these and and no lead would be safe in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I think it's right now. I think it's just like a drastic change that personally I don't necessarily need to see right now. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing to think about. Um, converting it from the 25-yard line, so that puts you to the 40. You still got, um, you know, some some work to do to even get yeah. into field goal range. But again, like you were saying, with with all these quarterbacks nowadays, it's um, definitely not uh, not impossible and not unlikely to see teams drive down the field quickly to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um... I guess we could also talk about uh, the delay game a little bit. Um, we saw Mike Vrabel of the Titans use this to his, to, to his advantage in the wild card round last year. Um, I'm not exactly sure about the specifics of the rule, but I know the Titans were in pump formation for like three or four minutes a game clock because they would take a delay game and then the clock would keep running. Um, I think this is probably a good rule, good rule change that will definitely be approved um, when it when it gets voted on. Um, because I think um, it's just kind of it was kind of a loophole I think in the rule book that Belichick eventually or originally found. Um, and I think it's just kind of a it's it's just good to not have that in the game because I think it just it, it takes away from the entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Just we want to see the the games decided by um, the big plays and stuff like that, like you already said. And exactly, Belichick found this or whatever this loophole and. Mm-hmm. Um, to kill a couple minutes off the clock could be huge. I think, yeah, I think it's what five minutes it stops or something. But even yeah, even I, to think, take I it think down that's from like eight minutes to five minutes, like that's huge. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think yep. that would be good if they if they find a fix to that. I agree. I agree. Um, I think we can also talk about uh, a significant rule that was really in the news um, that was proposed, and that was the it was kind of a uh, side rule to the Rooney rule, which um, Dan Rooney, I think, uh, originally, well, that's what the, the rules named off of it's, it was aimed at, uh, hoping to get more, uh, African-American and minority, um, people in the NFL in terms of coaching and the front office. Um, and they, they proposed, I think two weeks ago, um, that teams that hired African-American coaches or, uh, GMs would, 
be able to improve their draft position. I think it was third round by as much as 10 picks, which is pretty significant. Um, I've this week though, it's been kind of tabled for, for, for the future. And they've now accepted that you must, if you have a job opening, you must interview an African-American or minority um, to, for the opening, um, which I think is good. Um, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, on that? I think they, the second, um, the one that they're going with, they definitely got it right. Um, as opposed yeah. to using the draft pick um, plan, because I think then you have people hiring or looking to hire for the wrong reason. And that's, yep. that defeats the purpose. So yep. I think definitely opening the door as far as getting more people interviewed and looking to see that they are as qualified as other people will definitely help to get more African-American and minority groups into big positions like that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I completely agree there. I, I think um, teams would start looking at, um, like you said, the wrong, the wrong reason for hiring someone and start looking at, you know, reasons to benefit the team instead of, you know, re- actual hi- actually hiring, you know, a good coach or good person for your front office. Um, so, yeah, I think requ- uh, hopefully this rule about requiring uh, having having to interview an African-American for your head coach or front office position will hopefully get more more minorities into the league um, to coach and in the front office. Because I think I saw there's only like Tomlin is like uh, Tomlin. There's only like two or three coaches and then there's like maybe two or three front office members. Um, yeah. So I think that'll help uh get those numbers up a little bit um our last our last uh off the field um news to talk about before we get into the power rankings i think we should discuss a little bit about uh deandre baker and quentin dunbar quentin dunbar's off the field incident um they were charged with armed robbery at a i think it was a cookout um deandre baker obviously was a uh, first round pick for the giants last year um had had a lot of promise uh Quinn Dunbar, I think, was just traded to the Seahawks, um, and he's he's was supposed to be pretty good for them. So we'll see what happens here. I uh, obviously I, I I can't understand how this happens with NFL players with lots of wealth um, robbing people at, at a cookout, but it happens too far too often, I guess. What are your yeah, thoughts? no doubt about that. It happens way too often, it seems like. But um, we'll continue to follow you know follow that story and see what happens. But mm-hmm. yeah, DeAndre Baker definitely. Um, highlighted there because of his potential, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to keep keep up on that for sure. Okay, now moving on, we're gonna give you our top ten power rankings for the NFL as of right now, the end of May. We uh we decided to limit this one to ten. It's it's tough to pick ten um to limit it to ten, but we'll uh we'll give it our our best here. So I'll start off. Uh, we'll, we'll alternate here. At number 10, mm-hmm. I have the Minnesota Vikings. I think you know, they've been close the last couple of years. They can they really run the ball well with Dalvin Cook. Uh, they uh, they lost to Fon Diggs, but they pick up Justin Jefferson to, to fill that role as the number two wide receiver mm-hmm. behind Thielen. And, you know, their defense is – it's solid. It's good. Um, and I think mm-hmm. they they're definitely – um, worthy of the top 10. For sure, for sure. Um, for my first team here in the top 10, at number 10, I have team from Pennsylvania, not my Steelers, though. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, 
I liked what they did in the draft. They had obvious needs at um, receiver. They went up and picked up a burner and Jalen Rager on the outside who, who had a lot of speed to that offense. Um, the addition of Darius Slay was huge too. They, I mean, coming into the offseason, receiver and cornerback and secondary was their base needs, and they immediately filled with filled, filled it with Slay with you know trading. I think it was a third or fourth rounder um, to the Lions, um, getting a really solid corner. Uh, I've always been a fan of Darius Slay, um, and then Jalen Rager. Obviously, I, I, the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round was questionable for me, um, but they went on to have a pretty good draft. And I think they needed another backup just because of the way, you know, Wentz has been going down, but I'm also a really big fan of Wentz. They, they have a good defense. Um, I think they'll, they'll be a contender in the NFC for sure. Okay. Number nine, I have the Buffalo bills. I think Josh Allen is only going to get better. And uh, the Vikings lose to fun digs, but the bills, the bills picked him up. So I think that will definitely give him another weapon. Um, they have a great culture in Buffalo, I think, and that's something that that's kind of you know could be underestimated. Sean McDermott's bringing in a lot of good players. He's a really good young coach, so I think uh, they'll be they'll continue to improve here. Definitely, definitely. Um, for me, at number nine, I kind of a surprise here. I have the Green Bay Packers um, coming off a NFC Championship appearance. Um, you know, I thought I, I you know. Pre-draft, I, I probably would have had him top five, but just, I mean, by far the worst draft uh, out of the 32 teams in the league. I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, obviously, for all you people out there listening, you, you, if you don't know, I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. Um, this guy could sling the rock, but they they have they had a clear need at receiver, and they went up and drafted a quarterback. Um, I don't know what they're thinking. They went on to then draft a running back in the second, even though they have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Um, I mean, they're still, they'll still be contenders in the NFC, I think. Um, their defense was, was okay, and Rodgers can, can take them so far. But, I mean, the receiver is just – it's Devontae Adams and then a bunch of, you know, nobodies out there. So, um, I think number nine is, is an okay place for the Packers. You know, they'll still be contending, but I don't think they're, they're going to win the Super Bowl. So, we'll see. Number eight – I have the Dallas Cowboys. So I think their offense is loaded. You know, I like Dak probably more than more than the next guy. Um, but they have <laughs> Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup back, and then they add CeeDee Lamb with Ezekiel Elliott. And they lose Travis Frederick on the on the O line, but I still think they have a solid O line. And mm-hmm. their defense, they tried to shore that up this offseason, adding Haha Clint Dix, Gerald McCoy, and they got Trayvon Diggs in the draft. So I think, I think they'll they'll surprise some people this year. Um, you know, obviously, in the news a lot is Dak Prescott and his contract situation, but mm-hmm. I think I think they'll be they'll be a, a really good team this year. Yeah, great great ranking here as also my number eight team, Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I completely agree with you. I think Dak's a, a good quarterback who I think can, can lead this team to the Super Bowl. Um, I really liked what they did in the draft, going with CeeDee Lamb. You know, they, they obviously had some needs at secondary after losing Byron Jones to the Dolphins. They probably could have gone a corner there. Um, but I think they went best player available, and I think that offense will just be so so uh, explosive this, this year. You know, they have a top-five receiver in Amari Cooper. Adding CeeDee Lamb will help top-five running back in Zeke. Um, their line's still solid, like you said, losing Jefferson Frederick Hurts, but they'll they'll still be good up front. 
And then defensively is kind of what worries me more about uh, the Cowboys. Um, I think the Byron Jones loss hurts more than people are talking about. Um, but they still got Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch in there. So Demarcus Lawrence still got a lot of good pieces. And I think they could also surprise some people in the NFC. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, moving on to number seven. I have the Packers here at number seven. Kind of like you said, they only – I mean, they added Devin Funches really to their offense um, as far as free agency and stuff like that. Um, so Rodgers not getting much help. But they're here because basically Rodgers – I mean, they uh, – yeah, they had a good run last year. Uh, but Matt LaFleur in his second year, I think, right? So yep, yep. I think – I think they'll still they'll still be around. They'll still be contending. Um, but yeah, definitely not not as high as some people probably have them on the list, just because the reasons you already said they didn't have a good draft. Um, mm-hmm. And who knows what that culture is looking like now? Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, at seven here, I got the Seahawks. Um, probably a little lower too than some people have them. Um, Russell Wilson, you know, for me, he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the league probably number one, probably number, or probably number one or two for me. Um, I just love what he does. He, he, I think he just basically carries that team on his back. And that's kind of why there's at seven for me. I, I just don't really think they got enough pieces around him. That defense is questionable for me. Um, DK, Matt, but their offense can, can carry him so far. Um, DK Metcalf is really good and Lockett outstanding on the outside. They got riddled with injuries at running back last year and they still, you know, they were, they were a goal line staying away from being the one seed in the NFC. Um, and who knows what would have happened if they would have gotten that one seed there. Um, so I think they'll still be still be up there in the NFC. Um, obviously, in that NFC West, it's going to be tough, though, with the Niners and the Cardinals and the Rams, just one of the best divisions in, in the league. Um, but I'm excited to see what Russell Wilson will do here, um, continuing with the Seahawks. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, so moving on, I have the Seahawks at number six, actually. So, And that's – you know what you said, Russell Wilson. Basically, it's because of him. I think um, for sure, and he's in my top five quarterbacks in the league. I think top five might not do him justice, but um, definitely in the top five. And yeah, they have a a good one two one two punch at wide receiver. I think with DK and Tyler Lockett, they they just signed Carlos Hyde yesterday. I think maybe two days ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah. him and Chris Carson. We'll be back there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're six basically because Russell Wilson does what he does and, and carries that team. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me at six, I have the, the Bills, um, who you listed earlier. Um, I think I think their defense is just outstanding. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really that high on Josh Allen. Um, I think if he was – if he can improve this year, this team can, can be a legit threat in the AFC and – you know, to win the Super Bowl um, because that defense is just really good. Like you said earlier, Sean McDermott's a really good coach. Um, they added Stephon Diggs, which was huge for them. Uh, they needed kind of that outside threat. Um, and I think I think the Bills are, are for sure be the favorite in the AFC East. Um, now the Patriots are kind of on down, um, so they should easily win that that division, I think. Um, and I think they'll be able to make some noise in, in, in the playoffs. All right, now we're getting to the top five here. My number five, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, probably no one coming into the season expected that, but obviously they get Brady. Um, they they kind of 
get their rookie running back in Keyshawn Vaughn, and their offense is is loaded. You know, Gronk, Gronk coming back. So um, we'll see. We'll see how they do. They're in a, a good division as well. But their defense mm-hmm. too, though, I think it's worth mentioning. They had a solid defense last year with James Winston throwing thirty interceptions. So <laughs> I, I can assure you, Brady's not going to do that. Um, so that yeah. could probably only help out their defense. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me at five, kind of a little bit of a surprise. I have the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm I'm just a really big Kirk Cousins fan. I I hate I hate um, all the you know hate that he gets. Um, I I think he's he's uh, he's a really accurate guy. Um, he can sling that rock just like Aaron Rodgers. Um, Obviously, losing Stephon Diggs hurts, but like you said earlier, Justin Jefferson getting him in the first round was a really nice pick for them. Him and Thielen make a nice one-two punch on the outside. Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. Now he was finally healthy last season. Um, I really like their offensive line, too. Um, defensively, like you said, they're always solid. Eric Hendricks, the middle linebacker. Xavier Rhodes, he was a little washed, but um, he had a rough season. But they have Mike Hughes, who was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Uh, Anthony Harris, a free safety, one of the most underrated safeties in the league. Harrison Smith back there. Uh, just a really solid team. And I think, for me, definitely the favorite um, in the NFC North, um, which is still a pretty good division with the Packers and the Bears are solid. Lions are always not too bad. Um, but I think the Vikings are, are set up this year for a, a deep run in the playoffs. Okay, number four, I have the Niners. So, obviously, coming off the Super Bowl loss with Chiefs, um, they lose to Forrest Buckner off the defensive line, but they they still run the ball well. Jimmy G's a good quarterback, a solid quarterback, and I think um, might be higher on on other people's list, but I think the teams above the Niners on my list are just better, but Niners mm-hmm. have four. Yep, I like that. Um, for me, I have the New Orleans Saints at four. Um coming off a tough loss to the Vikings um, in the wild card round last year. Um, I still think they got a really good team. Uh, Drew Brees, I'm, I, I still th- I think Drew Brees might be a little bit on decline. He's, just, he's definitely not the same as he used to be, um, but I still think he's serviceable, and I still got a really accurate arm. Um, but that, that really team is really good. Um, some of the teams that we rank lower, are kind of getting carried by their quarterbacks. But here at the Saints, I think that they, they surrounded Brees with a lot of talent. Uh, their defense is always improving. Michael Thomas on the outside for offensively. Alvin Kamara, really good. Um, they got a really good team. And uh, I think the battle between them and the Bucs um, will be really interesting uh, this season to watch. So we'll see. Okay. Number three on my list, I have the Baltimore Ravens. I, you know, it's it should be really interesting to – to see where they go um, this year, they had a, they had a good draft, um, and they were really good last year. So can they can they get back to that level? Obviously, in the playoffs, they didn't they didn't do what they were doing in the regular season. But Lamar Jackson back for year three, and should be should be fun to watch. Yep. Uh, for me, at number three, I have the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, just a spot above where you had him at four. Um, coming off Super Bowl loss, um, losing Buckner hurts. Uh, they were kind of replacing the Kim Law there with the 13th pick that they got from the Colts. 
Um, but obviously he's a rookie. He probably won't be able to make the impact Buckner had. Um, they drafted a receiver, uh, Brandon Ayuk at Arizona State, who I think will help him immediately. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so I think they did a good job of kind of replacing some of the things they lost. Um, their defense is still going to be really good with Bosa and Fred Warner, Sherman, those guys. Um, so I think they're still just going to be up there in the NFC, uh, which is a loaded loaded division that they're in and a loaded conference, really. Um, so they'll be really fun to watch this season. Yeah, number two for me, I have the Saints here. Uh, I think, honestly, I think this is their last year to to give it a run um, mm-hmm. with with Breeze. I think they signed a two year contract, but yeah, they're saying this might be his last year there. Who knows? We'll see. But they pick up Emmanuel Sanders to to give Breeze another threat. Um, obviously, he has Kamara and Michael Thomas, two of the best at their positions in the game mm-hmm. so you know and they pick a center in the first round to to help fix that offensive line still and their defense is really good so I have the Saints here and obviously Drew Brees one of the best quarterbacks of all time and might not be what he used to be but I think he still still has a lot left yep. for me at two I have the Baltimore Ravens um, coming off some disappointment in the playoffs like you said losing the Titans at home. Um, definitely not what they uh, expected to happen, having the one seed there. But uh, I still – I mean, they, like you said, they had an outstanding draft for a team that, you know, had the 28th pick in the first round. Um, they they killed their draft. They did an awesome job, um, rounds one through seven, um, making their team even better than what it was. They get went out and got Clayus Campbell – uh, I think they trade like a fifth rounder for him or something. So he'll be really good for them on the defensive line. Um, offensively, I think the Lamar Jackson storyline will be really interesting to watch to see how he follows up his MVP season. Um, I think that'll be one of the most intriguing storylines to watch uh, during this this season. Because um, I I don't think he can re- uh, repeat what the success he had last year. Um, but if he even comes close to that, the Ravens will still be, you know, favorites in the AFC. Um, so that'll, that'll be interesting to watch. And the Ravens, will, the Ravens will definitely be contenders there. And number one, um, seems like we both have them, but Chiefs, yeah. I don't need to say much here. <laughs> um, Patrick Mahomes, obviously really, really good. Um, their offense really explosive, added Clyde Edwards Alaire to get even better mm-hmm. and they can score really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's. That's that's a good summary. As I also have the Chiefs, um, Mahomes, best quarterback in the league for me. Um, adding Hilaire and just adds another another weapon to that offense. I think he'll come in and immediately contribute to that team. They added some some defensive playmakers, uh, Willie Gay, linebacker. Um, so it'll be. I mean, I think the defense is kind of what could hold them back from going, continuing to progress. You know, into a sort of dynasty, I guess. Um, so, but Mahomes can, I think Mahomes can overcome anything that happens on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so we'll see. All right. Just going to take you through the list quick. So starting at 10 for me and going down Vikings, Bills, Cowboys, Packers, Seahawks, Bucks at five, 49ers, Ravens, Saints, and Chiefs. And then for me, recap here, I had the Eagles at 10, then the Packers, Cowboys, Seahawks, Bills, Vikings, Saints, 
Niners, Ravens, and then the Chiefs. Um, then you want to talk a little bit about some of the teams that were close for you, Ron? Yeah. So that uh, getting to the tenth, you know, nine ten was was kind of difficult. Um, but I think some of the teams that were just outside for me were the Titans, the Colts, and the Steelers. Um, all obviously in the AFC, but I think those teams could really make some noise this year. Yep. I have two of the same teams there. And one, uh, one of my teams here that I, that was close for me was in your, was number five for you, uh, the Buccaneers. I didn't include them, but uh, I think, I think uh, I just wanted to see, kind of see him, see how Brady does first before I, before I put him, put him in the top 10. But yeah, I had the Titans, Steelers and the Bucks. I think all those, all three of those teams could find their way into the top 10, you know, once the season actually starts, uh, they have kind of boomer bust potential of those three. Um, but I think even below that, there's a bunch of teams that they have a chance in season uh, that could really make the season incredibly interesting. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all, that's all we have today. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, hopefully, hopefully live sports are back here soon. Hopefully you guys are all doing well during this quarantine time. Um, but yeah, that's all we got today. You got to love sport. You got to love sport. We'll see you guys.